This is like a monkey humping a football. <laughs> Let's just Season play. two of the Pat and JT podcast. Oh my, now I'm here at last. The best time, always gonna be the best. Come on. Exclusively on the Herd App Media Network. Pat Stevenson Studio trying to get his I see you headset got that, on. I see you got that new Mr. Rogers song as your opening. I yeah. love it. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood? I think that was. Wasn't that Fred Rogers? I think it was. It's a deep Fre- cut. Fred Rock and Roll Rogers? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It was. Yeah. It's a deep cut on the flip side. Uh-huh. It was, yeah, yeah, back other, up. You know what? Funny, the a other day. A deep cut on the flip side. The other day we had, uh, we have a new employee. You've met Nick. Yeah. Right? And Nick was on our podcast the other day. And, and in conversation, uh, somehow a 45 got brought up. And he's yeah. looking, and, I was, and in, he's like, "Wait, what? A, a gun?" It's like, <laughs> and 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 I'm like, "Okay, let me. I'm going to tell you. Let me tell you a story." <laughs> oh my god, he didn't know what but, a 45 was. But in, in his defense, I can I can understand it. I mean, yeah. seriously, because you have no way to play him in the last 20 years right. unless no. you have one that you had in your closet. Of course, and they became popular again in record players. Sure. And he, and he knew what a record was. He, he didn't know what, what a 45 was. Like, if you say a what's a 45, he had no clue. What, it's called a 45. Right. 45, 33, 78. Even you weren't, like, 100% I didn't know. On I, didn't know. I wouldn't have been able to say. I knew what a 45 was, but the other ones, I would have yeah. no idea. So I only knew what 45s were after I saw Dolly Parton. <laughs> that was 45? Yeah. 45 double-doubles? Yes, I know. So, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, Jill, I yes. need to correct you, ma'am. Please do. It's not a record player. It's a turntable. Whatever. It's a record player. It plays records. It it's plays a records. turntable. It's a turntable and it's fancy. Mine had Pluto on the lid. It's a record <laughs> That's player. a record player. <laughs> That's a record player. Anything with a character taped turn, to the top is a record turn player. Turn record over, Jill. <laughs> that was my very first record player. That was, it had Pluto on it, so it was a record player, not a turntable. Oh, my but gosh. I appreciate that. That's, my mom had a record player. There we go. The she console. She had a turntable. She had a turntable. She had the console. She had the that console. You slide the lid open and oh, I stack those. the records yeah. on, and then the records would just rotate through. Those were beautiful. Right? It was, and had mm-hmm. the AM/FM radio on the one side. Weighed yeah. a million pounds. Oh yeah. When my grandparents finally got rid of theirs, it was getting it out. I think they had to cut it in two and it? take it out. Do you Don't not you? wish you had oh. it? Um, I probably, I, yeah, I mean, I wish a, I had mom from a money oh. standpoint, I would have sold the crap out of it. I, wonder, I, where, I gotta write that down. Especially because <laughs> a lot of those were like mid-century modern pieces of furniture. I don't yes. know if you're, what you guys They were have. furniture. Yeah. My, my, my mom, uh, Barb Stibbs, who's, who's probably listening to this too. Hi mom. <laughs> um, she had those, a mid-century piece of furniture and it was beautiful. And we got rid of it too. When she sold her house, we just dumped it. And I'm like, what the? Hell what was, was I thinking? thinking? Yeah. Anyway. Well, that and televisions were also furniture. Yes. They were yes. And a million pounds. <laughs> With the, yes. Right. Furniture. Yeah. Legit. Yeah. Floor, it sat on the floor. Huge piece of furniture. And the small TVs had bubbles. That made the yeah. screen look bigger. It made things look bigger. You had one in the bedroom, I think, I Pat, did. didn't you, for the longest time? <laughs> I, wait a minute. I, oh, sorry. I just, why did I go there? I mean, seriously. Why? Because that's what you do. Is your mom named Barb? Yes. Why do all, my mom's named Barb. Really? Why do all Barbs throw a pat? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'll your have to siblings? Uh, I have siblings, yeah. Named- a brother and a sister, Timothy and Noreen. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have oh, Mike. Mike. Yeah, Mike. Well, Timothy Michael, my... Okay. That's, okay. And my go. brother's are name you, is Michael you Timothy. Irish? No, no, no I'm just kidding. It's Michael Anthony. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, Irish kind of. Interesting is my mom's maiden name is Safford. That's so weird. Stop it. <laughs> Who knew? Stop it. Are we related? Oh, my God. We're Pat. like stepbrothers. We're it's, like that movie. No, it's Pat and my other cousin, Pat. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> oh, my God. Now... The reason you're here. Last time you were here, actually, you were here with Randy. I was. Randy Randy J. Goodwin came by, who was 
who was one of the producers on my movie, The Call, that had come out. And had recently moved back to Omaha from California. And is he regretting that decision since it's negative 14 today? <laughs> well, you know what? You know, he's everybody is still doing auditions via Zoom. Mm-hmm. Mm, so yeah. it didn't make any sense for him to be out there. However, you're right. When the weather's like this, he's probably thinking, what, what the, the hell, hell, was, I hell was I there? That's when you start thinking, okay... Uh, the, the, the state's fiscal responsibilities and the, the weather. Do I really care that much about the money? Uh, yeah, and weather. The, and the, I want the weather. I want I like, the weather. Do I like, I, I mean, have you a lot, a lot of freedoms here, but you don't want to go outside. I know. It's so freaking cold. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And th- there was something about that. L- I mean, L.A. has a lot of problems. We know yeah. that. But you know, that weather out in California, you, you'll, you just can't beat it. You just it's can't true. beat it. So it's anyway, true. yeah, so Randy was was the last time and, and – uh, uh, the movie so did great. The, the movie did fantastic. We were so excited. It opened in theaters on October second. Like I can't you remember were, the last time we when I was here, it we was talked before, about that. Was it, was it before, before the that? first of the year? Yeah, it was right that week. I think that it came out. Yeah, it, it probably was. Yeah. yeah. So it opened in like 350 theaters nationwide and drive-ins. Yeah. And awesome. then it, it, which was like the number, uh, it was like the number one highest-grossing per-screen film. In like 51 markets around wow. the country, yeah, and then that's uh, awesome, yeah, and then it, it went really to video is. on demand around Halloween. Cool, so you perfect. got yeah, perfect timing, and then finally the DVD and Blu-ray, which is out now, uh, came out on December 15th. Both mm-hmm. DVD and Blu-ray, it's came out in both uh, is editions. It still on Amazon. Still on Amazon, yeah, and a lot of the stores had it, and they keep selling out of it. I understand though it's it's just a basic good scary movie. Yeah, it's it, it's just a good it, that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to just be kind of an old-fashioned Yeah. horror film sort of a throwback to the 60s type of horror films and and that's really what I wanted to get the point yeah. across with What the better script. way too for drive-ins? Do you think that drive-ins will come back? Yes. Considering Everything right now, that's going to be mo- the most feasible way for movies to get in front of people. I, yeah, yeah. B- because even when we have the vaccine, you know, when, yeah. even when it's complete, I don't think I, the, the the dynamics of film going have changed. Uh, theaters are going to bounce back. I have no doubt about that. They just got to reconfigure their seating. Exactly. And uh, But drive-ins are going to make a comeback, and they've already made a comeback. I mean, there's already, I believe I heard, like 1,100 new drivings, drive-ins being built as we speak. Oh, my God. That are going to be opening, you know, and they were down to, you know, drive-ins. We were down to only like 350 well, or 400 drive-ins around the country. Jeez. Is there anyone, is there still one here in this city? There, There's a gentleman that's building one in Valley. Okay. That okay. it did not open yet. However, I think they are anticipating mm-hmm. that opening up this spring. I can think of three growing up in the city. Mm-hmm. How many did you, how many were there? Because I know you. Oh, there were seven or eight that I. Because I always think of the one like when you're on the interstate and when we were going to West Roads because they were coming to town. Mm-hmm. From you could Ashland, see, you could see, and it. you could watch the movie up mm-hmm. on the hill mm-hmm. as you're driving around the corner. You know, you could see what was up there, and then there was were, that on Seventy Sixth and West Dodge. Is that or you're no, talking about the Skyview drive in? Skyview. Oh Skyview. no, no. It was. I was not Skyview. I was coming Golden to the interstate. Golden Spike. Gold, no, there was a yes. Golden Spike was one. Was 114th and Dodge. Yes, Golden Spike is one. I Skyview was on Seventy Second Street heading north. Further south, as you're coming into on the interstate. Oh, the Q twin. Q twin. The Q twin. It. It's in that on that road. I can't. The Q twin drive-in. There were Q twin east and Q yeah. twin west. They had two screens. Wow, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. 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 So drive-ins that's were awesome. big, man. They I were, hope they do come back because I, I think you're going to see them come back. I really do. I think, and I'm so mm-hmm. glad. The reason they went away, quite frankly, it's because the land that they sat on was too valuable. Mm-hmm. And if you're in Nebraska, you can only operate between say you know April and October. Right. Right. 
And you know, taxes on it the rest of the year. Exactly, and the land was just too darn valuable, so they sold the land. Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. and on Nebraska, it's kind of tough to go uh, when it's snowing out. (laughs) I do remember a couple kids that froze to death uh, at the drive-in. They went to see clothes for the winter. Stop it! I'll never forget that. That was terrible. (laughs) Every time you do, every time you do that, I bite, I bite, I bite, (laughs) and I get kicked in the seeds. You're such a good little carp, aren't you? It is. I am. What's that? What's that? What's that? Dang it! So yeah, God dang it! You can't. So yeah, the I was. Well, okay, so looking back on this, you're through the whole run of the of the call. Everything's out on DVD, Blu-ray, everything. Did it go how you expected it to go? Better, worse? Yeah, the only thing. No, I think it went. I think it went. Or like, well, you dreamed about this for 20 years. Like, I did. Are you looking back and saying, "Man, this is all exactly how I was dreaming about it the entire time." Yeah, pretty much. Really, the, that's the, cool. The only thing you know that, and, and it doesn't necessarily bother me, but you know, I've seen the film now five or six times. Mm-hmm. And I'm very critical of it. So every time I watch it, I see things that I necessarily didn't write. I mean, because they did add some things and they changed some things around. I think we talked about that Mm -hmm. before. When you sell the script, they can kind of do whatever they want. And I think Timothy Woodward Jr., the director, just did a fantastic job. Mm -hmm. I mean, he did the look of this thing is great. But there were some changes made that, you know, I thought were good. And then some other changes I'm like, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. And so, in fact, Randy and I just had this discussion uh, during an interview that we did uh, for a radio station where he said, I would love to see the version that you first wrote. Yeah. The first, you know, because it it has changed. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh. Seriously, you know what? You think about so many movies that get a remake. What would be really fun is instead of a remake would be to do the original. You know, just to see, okay, because you have some movies where they have different endings and Mm -hmm. they change the ending and you can go back and see what the other ending was. Right. I'd be really interested to see if they had done it just as you had written it and then next to the changes that were made. They'd probably be two completely different movies in feel. Oh, definitely. Um, But it would be interesting. Yeah, and, and, and and again, the ending of, of The Call... Uh, was different than the ending I wrote. Right, you said that, that's right. Yeah, but that was done, uh, and I understand why Timothy did that. That was done to more set it up for a sequel Mm -hmm. because, you know, not that the original ending couldn't be done as a sequel. Anything can be a sequel. Exactly. But I understand why he did that. But again, you know, I look back now and and some of the things I agree with and some I don't, but it doesn't, it doesn't bother me really. I mean, because I realize that's just that's just part that's of the process. What it is, yeah. It's what it is. And uh, but I was very very happy with the whole. I mean, the whole experience, the outcome. It was really cool going out and uh, and meeting the crew because yeah. I was there literally a year ago, almost a year ago. <laughs> Uh, yeah. This past January, my son and I went out. My son Chris and I went out and watched f- the filming, and it was just. Very, very cool to see how, you know, literally something you created people. doing, making yeah. something that you created is pretty and, awesome. And meeting actors, you know, yeah. that, that you created their characters. And so it's, it's kind of a weird feeling. You yeah. Know? What was the, the woman's name that was the lead? Shay? Lynn Shay. Lynn Shay. I've seen her in about, I swear, it's just, it's just kind of like once you see a red truck, that's all you see is red trucks, right? <laughs> so after I saw that movie, she, her name just kept popping up. She's everywhere. And mm-hmm. she is. And yeah. so anytime I see a movie with her in it, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. And, and I've never been disappointed so far. No. And the thing is, you know, even though she's known, we discussed this before, <laughs> even though she's known as the horror queen, mm-hmm. the comedies that she's done. She's done. She's a she's, brilliant comedian. There's, yeah. there's a horror film that she did that is funnier than shit. And she's, <laughs> and she is very good. She pulls it off. It's meant to be campy. Yeah. And it's, it, I can't remember the name of it for the life of me, but I The actually, Sound of Music? Nah, that wasn't it. <laughs> that <laughs> was very, it was very much like it. Um, but <laughs> but it, it was just like, 
I just watched it because her name popped yeah. up, and I was like, oh, okay, whatever, let's see. Well, yeah. I had I had to go back and watch There's Something About Mary because her role in that is just utterly <laughs> That's brilliant. right. The neighbor, you know, the tan. The, the yeah. shocking exposed tan saggy boots yes. is, is one of those, like, holy cow. <laughs> and I know I, I, I had to have told you this story, but the, the biggest pleasure of meeting her was I was at her house, and she was giving me a tour of her house, and she says to me, hey, Pat, do you want to see my tits? <laughs> and she takes me into the bedroom, and in the bedroom on the wall is the frame prosthetic device that she wore That's in the movie. Ho- that's awesome. Signed by the Ferrelli brothers. That's awesome. The directors. And I'm like, oh, man, that that's, is so that's sweet. That's so sweet. Wouldn't you love to have something like that? I mean, that, talk about yes. a prop to hang on to. I want to bring back the movie Kingpin. I don't know if you ever saw the yes. movie Kingpin. Hilarious. Yes. She was in that. And she know. played this this grungy landlady that wanted to trade sex for, for rent. <laughs> Kingpin's a great Kingpin yeah. is so funny. And I would love to bring that back again and have a promotion here in town at West Lane's. Uh, Bolatorium. Yes. And because uh, Mike, the owner, and I have discussed this, that we want to bring that movie back. And, and, and we would have, except COVID hit. And even Lynn was was open to, to doing something. That would just be fun. Someday that would be fun. And I wanted, yes. I, I wanted to come in to Omaha, but I wanted to come dressed as that character. <laughs> I, I don't want to, you know, Lynn, she's, Lynn's a beautiful woman, but I want the scrungy landlady. Yeah. That, you know, so no, she was, a, she was a pleasure. Tobin Bell uh, was yep. a pleasure, the. So no, I, I'm very happy with with everything. I can't, I can't, uh, I I can't say enough about how ecstatic I was about the whole thing. So now here you said you get this one all done and and it, and it's sitting in a good place. Mm-hmm. You're getting ready to do it again. I am, and <clears throat> so all I can say about it right now is so back in years after I wrote the call, um, I wrote a film called Ghost in the Graveyard, and it's a kids horror film. And people go, what? Kids horror film? I'm like, yeah, it's a, it's a kids horror film. I mean, it doesn't have a bunch of bloody violence or killing, not that. But think about when we were growing up. Mm-hmm. We were kids. We watched scary shows like the original Twilight Creature Zone, feature. Creature Feature. Mm-hmm. We loved to get the crap scared out of mm-hmm. us when we were young. Did we? Creature oh, Double. I'm a pansy. I didn't. Oh, yes, you did. I didn't. I didn't like scary movies. Are you kidding me? Uh-uh. I would stay up late. I love the old movies, like the yeah. original with no soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Like the, the what am I trying to say? The Birds? Dracula. Oh, the Birds. Well, that didn't have a soundtrack. Either. It didn't? No, there I'm, was no music I'm, I'm in The Birds. I'm going back farther. Oh, I like those, even farther. The black and white. Like Dracula. Yeah. And the yeah. Frankenstein, Dracula, all those, because the tension. Mm-hmm. Of no soundtrack because the soundtrack subconsciously tells you what to do. Right. When you're listening to it, you know, don't even realize, oh, you're supposed to be scared. Oh, you're supposed to look over here. But without the soundtrack, you're just sitting there, the apprehension of just of waiting to see what's going to happen next. And then the words mean so much more. Yeah. It, it, the, it's but crazy. it's funny that, I, that you, I mentioned the birds. I'm actually, it's true because after Hitchcock did Psycho. Yeah. And, you oh. know, Psycho was known for its music, right? The shower mm-hmm. scene, the Bernard <laughs> Herman, you know, yeet, yeet, yeah. yeet. So he's making the birds, and he says to Universal Studios, they said, now, who, are you going to have Bernard Herrmann uh, do the score? And he goes, no, I'm not having any music in the birds. And they're like, what are you talking about? They're like, Which makes they're, perfect sense. He's like, there's going to be no music at all in the birds. And, and they, Universal Studios freaked out. And they said, there's never been a movie in the history of movies that wrong. did not have. <laughs> and he goes, I want, he wanted the sound effects of the birds to be the soundtrack, the soundtrack. Yeah, that's 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 smart. And I they mean, fought him on it, and they wow. and and he basically threatened to not. He threatened to walk, and he they finally gave in to Hitch's demand. Yeah. So when you watch the birds, there's not one piece of music. All the scary tension, all the scenes is completely silent until you hear the birds go. Rah, rah, you know you hear. Yeah. All. 
So That's what's interesting is Bernard Herrmann, the composer, is given a credit. He choreographed the sound of the birds. He oh. did. I'm not kidding. Okay. That's cool. That, all That's, that. All it that had to be. And we couldn't be just random. Yeah. 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 So anyway, Ghost in the Graveyard. So I, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the kids' game. So my kids would play this game, and it's basically Ghost in the Graveyard is a game of tag. So you'd have a kid like – I remember playing that. You remember playing mm-hmm. that? You'd have a kid that would count to like 50 or whatever, and then the, in the front yard, and then the other kids would go to the backyard, and they'd hide, right? Mm-hmm. So then the, the kid got done counting, and the kid would have to go find the kids that were hiding. And then as soon as he found a kid, they'd scream, Ghost in the Graveyard! And then you had to make it back to base – and then the last person that didn't make it was now the ghost. It was now the ghost. So they, my kids played this when they were little. Mm-hmm. And then one day, my son was about, my son Chris was about 11 years old. We're driving in the car. And he says to me, hey, Dad, you know that game that we, uh, that we play Ghost in the Graveyard? I said, yeah. He goes, well, what do you think would happen if kids actually played that game in a real cemetery? And I said, well, I don't know. What do you think it happened? He goes, well, and you know, here's this 11 year old mind thinking, you know, mm-hmm. and he says, well, I think if they were playing, like, say, if they were playing in the cemetery, then they happen to meet like the ghosts of these two dead kids, mm. ooh, and uh, like they were a brother and a sister, and he goes, they're nice ghosts, they're not mean or evil, but they're ghosts, and so <laughs> they meet these ghosts, but they don't know how they died, so they want the human kids to figure out how. They died. They have yeah. to solve the mystery of how they died. Did you almost drive off the road? <laughs> You're like, this is a great idea. <laughs> so, you know, and I'm like, huh. And then I said, okay, I go, did you see this on a TV show or yeah. movie? He goes, no, my friend. Something? <laughs> he said, no, my friend Sarah and I were talking about it, and we kind of came up with this idea. So right away I called my entertainment lawyer. I yeah. said, Andy, I got to run this by you. And he's like, wow, do you have a script? And I said, no. He goes, well, you know, I can set up a meeting literally next week. I'm going to be meeting with, he was meeting with a guy named Howard Kazanjian, who was one of the producers of Raiders of the Lost Ark. And he was having lunch with with him and a guy named Dwayne Dunham, who had done like seven Disney Channel films, including Halloween Town, which was a great little scary film. So this is like the perfect, you know. It timings everything, man. But this was on a Thursday and his lunch was on a Tuesday and I had no script. So he goes, if you can get a script done by next week and come out and meet us, we can pitch this to him. Oh, my God. So I literally got up on Saturday morning at 6 a.m., and I wrote Ghost in the Graveyard in 17 hours. Oh, my God. Jeez. And Was that like the call? How long did, you, did it take well, you to Well, the, the call was longer because I wrote that only at, you know, I was working at Sweet 98 at the time I wrote the call. So I was working during the day, and then I would wait for, like, Monica and the kids to go to bed, and then I would write. Right. So I was writing this thing like at 9 or 10 p.m. at night till about 3 or 4 in the morning. Okay. So this took okay. me a little bit longer to got write, it, you know, it. because okay. I didn't write it all at once. But I had no choice with Ghost. I had to write this thing, Ghost in the Graveyard. So I wrote it. In so you, about didn't have a, you didn't have the ch- opportunity to overthink yourself, no. to no. outthink yourself, to, to change no. things. It was like whatever came up, right. you had I to just, use. So here's what happened. So the, the, the plot I just described to you. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I was writing that, and I got to, like, page about 17, which is about 17 minutes into the movie because mm-hmm. each page is about a minute, right? And I just drew a blank. I just, it's like I, I had – Where do I go? Where do I go? So I literally sat there at my computer. I'm not kidding. For probably 20, 25 minutes just Why going – did you go wake your kid up? <laughs> right. Like, dude, you Chris. got me here. <laughs> you son of a bitch, get over here. Call Sarah. Cliffhanger, <laughs> my behind. Get out here. Get Sarah's ass over here, too. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting here going, oh, man, maybe I, I was halfway tempted at that point to call Andy and say, hey, man, I can't do this. You know, 
But then I thought, no, this is stupid. I got this all. So here's what I did. I know this sounds really strange. I got really shit-faced. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> I sat there. That sounds <laughs> strange the at all. Yeah. So I, I sat there, and all of a sudden, I, I envisioned myself, instead of writing this thing, I envisioned myself sitting in a movie theater with my popcorn, yeah, and I'm watching this on the screen. And I started thinking not as a writer. I started thinking as a viewer. And what do I want to see come up next? Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. That's all. And then all of a sudden, it just like, it took you there. It, it, it just, I That's just started awesome. writing. Wow. And I remember an old director um, I met, John Melius, who's done tons of Hollywood films. He told me one time, he goes, every, about every three pages of your script should have some sort of conflict to keep the, you know, whether it's major conflict, minor conflict, just have some sort of conflict that will keep people wanting to read. Because people can get bored reading a script, especially early on, if it doesn't catch their attention right away. The more mm-hmm. conflict you have, the more attention you can keep. Mm-hmm. So keeping that in mind, I just wrote it, and I, I spent the next day. You know, we I rewrote it or not or read it, and and you know read it to people, and kind of did a live reading with family and friends on that Sunday, and then literally went to Kinko's on Monday and printed <laughs> off five copies. It was on a plane Tuesday morning. That's crazy. Yeah, and now that did unfortunately that did not go anywhere, only because at the time this was about two thousand seven. Disney was all about High School Musical. I mean, that was like oh. like every Disney executive, all they wanted to see were musicals. It's, isn't it just right. the way it goes? If something hits that, that somehow checks mm-hmm. a box with a bunch of people, yeah. every network and every studio does the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So everything else put Copy on the back cats. burner. Exactly. Let's all do yep. our version. Yeah. Yep. That's why you'd always see like two volcano movies come out or yeah. two yes. body switching movies. I mean, it's like everybody just copies. Oh, what is it? Like American Idol and... America's Got Talent. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, The Voice. And The and Voice. All and, yeah. yeah, it's just yep. one after another. Yeah, so so anyway, even though that didn't materialize, now I had my script. And so after the call got made uh, and sold, then I thought, okay, I really got to get back to rework, to working on Ghost Time's, in the Graveyard. Iron's hot, man. Yeah. And that really helped by getting this film. So how much did you change now that you had time to actually breathe and go back and look at the script? Did you change anything from the original bit, one? A, yeah. a little bit. A little bit. You know, I made it a musical. No. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Efron is great. <laughs> <laughs> with Dolly Parton. Yeah, yeah. with Dolly Parton. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, no, I, I, uh, I, yeah, Ghost with a double G, by the way, yeah. with, with Dolly Parton. <laughs> anyway. Uh, ghost. <laughs> I'll keep you abreast of how that goes, by the way. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, milkshake brings all the boys to the graveyard. Yeah, there we go. That's your tagline. Get Rihanna to do that. Have the, oh, have, the, have the kids meet this hot ghost. Oh, my God. And that yeah. could be your tagline. Her milkshake brings all the boys to the graveyard. <laughs> it's a trap. I'm telling oh you. Why does Randy keep going to the graveyard every single <laughs> every night? Every single night. He comes back there. with a smile, and he's super relaxed. <laughs> It's in a great mood. Oh, my God. I just changed the whole trajectory. That's right. Why didn't I talk to you earlier, Pat? I, I mean, come on. This, I could have had this thing sold we'll 10 years ago. We'll save it for the sequel. Easily. I'm telling you. Yeah, there yeah. you go. That's right. So all I can say about Ghost in the Graveyard is is now that the calls been made, we've actually got a, 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 a director mm-hmm. uh, that's attached. We have a showrunner attached. We have... Uh, I have an agent that's working with me to also kind of act as one of the producers because he's done a, a lot of films. So, you know, obviously. Do you have anybody uh, actors-wise? Not yet. Do you have anybody in mind that you wish or you hope, any like your, your hope? Well, you know. Wish, the, wish list, the, I guess I would say, yeah. You know, the. the uh, um, you don't the have to reveal who. No, no. The, <laughs> the, so the character, uh, um, 
originally I had as Chris. It was a it was a young boy and his friends. Now I'm going to have it be a girl, uh, and I'm going to name that character Kathleen after my daughter Kathleen. I already named one after Chris. I don't want my daughter to sue me. Yeah. Right. So uh, right. <laughs> And so it's going to be, so really the main character now will be like a 12-year-old girl and her friends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are a lot of young actresses that are, like, did you ever see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Did you see that I haven't movie? seen that yet, no. There's a young actress know. in there that That's plays opposite of Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't remember her name, but she's flipping brilliant. I mean, mm -hmm. she's just brilliant. So names like that, uh, the girl that was just in News of the World with Tom Hanks, uh, she's really hot right now property-wise. And uh, now these people may be almost, because they're popular, you know, they may be tough to get. Right. You know, it just depends on how much money they want. Because, yeah. you know, the girl that was in News of the World with Tom Hanks, and I, again, her name was Hannah something, She's her, her price probably went up five times right. after oh, yeah, that movie sure. came out. So sometimes it's about getting actors or actresses that are just on the cusp of being big. And like Chester Rushing, who was one of the kids in the call, the, the main kid, who plays Chris, his career is now just starting to really, really take off. Uh, he was in Stranger Things, and now he's got another series coming out. And um, So is this It's going to be made? Are you, well, is it a done deal? I, I hope it is. It's, yeah. I, I don't want to say done deal because, yeah, there she is. What's her name? Helena. Helena. Zengel. Helena Zengel. She was in News of the World. If, I don't She's know if you've 12. seen. If yeah. you've seen Tom, this movie, Tom Hanks movie, she has very little dialogue. She had mm -hmm. to learn English, by the way, to make this movie. Oh, jeez. She's flipping brilliant. I wow. mean, I, I, how does a – you just think of these young kids. How do, how do they become so good yeah. on screen? And she's brilliant. So, again, somebody like wow. that is who you want to kind of go after. Mm -hmm. But, no, I, Pat, I don't want to say it's a done deal yet because, you know, until you have a signed contract and, a, check, and, and a check's in your hand – Nothing's ever a done deal, <laughs> but what we've done now is is we we're we're packaging this thing to to make it very very attractive to this a helps studio. having the call in your back the pocket. The call without a doubt helps uh, without a doubt. I mean, without the call getting made, I don't even know if I'd have this going right yeah. now with Ghost. Yeah. Um, so my goal is obviously to get that film done, and then yeah, I'm writing a couple other films. I'm actually writing a faith based film. Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, I've always said that uh, the horror, the kids horror genre, is underserved, right? There's another genre. We you know we we know about faith based films. Yeah, faith based horror films. There you go. Is another is another genre that is under. And I'm not talking about movies just about the devil. You know, versus you know not no. that, not that kind of you mm -hmm. know because that's an easy cop out. You know, I'm going to write a horror film that's faith based, so I'll have the devil in it. I don't want to do that. But I, I I want I'm writing a script now called God Told Me, and it's kind of like if Rod Serling of the Twilight Zone would have written a faith based film. So it's got that eerie creepiness to it, um, but it's not a horror film. So when you when you talk about kids horror mm -hmm. films, is that what like what Scream filled for when I was like twenty two, twenty three when that came out? Is that kids? Or are you talking even younger? No, younger. Because yeah. Scream Scream was not written for kids. Scream was an R rated right. film that was written for for, for teenagers adults and, and adults and, and yeah. Because you're you're recalling movies all the way through it I mean, exactly it's yeah I'm talking okay i pulled up faith-based horror films literally as a search mm -hmm. i did not know that um the exorcist carrie constantine end of days the wicker man mm -hmm. is on here as well religious and then then it falls into the religious horror see films. and i think and that's there's where a, you there's a difference the yeah see, you want the faith-based faith-based films like, focus on what would was, scripture and focus on you know god more than you know, uh, uh, the Exorcist. Yeah. The Exorcist is just a horror it's, film that's, that's got religious a overtones. Religious horror film. Exactly. I, you're talking about ones that literally are faith based. Yeah, but but um, most faith based most faith based films until recently, you know, 
quite frankly, they're kind of boring. I mean, I, I've seen a ton of them. They won't go far enough. And they just were cheaply made. And now all of the studios have faith-based divisions of their, of their companies. And they're making these films that are just as good creatively mm-hmm. as a regular Hollywood movie. What was that very first movie that Tom Cruise was in? Not, it wasn't Willow. It was something along Taps. That. No, he was in Taps. That wasn't the movie I was thinking. It was kind of like Willow. Did you say not Willow? I'm like, that's that's not Willow. I love Willow. Was Tom, was he he was he in Willow? He wasn't in Willow. Val Kilmer was was, in Willow. Yeah, he was like that though. Kind of like that. It was a horror film? It was, well, it had the devil in it. You made me think of that. Did Willow have the devil in it? Willow had a whole bunch of dwarfs in it, I thought. What's Jill been drinking? I don't know. Let's put that coffee away. What's in that coffee cup? Legend. Oh, legend. That's what I was saying. He was was in the forest. Jack is who he played. Okay. Okay. And he was in the forest, and there was... There we go. Here it is. I found it. You know that movie that Tom Cruise was in? Not Sound of of Music, but... (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) But like it. (laughs) Kind of. Oh my God! Sort of. <laughs> There's a zillion movies that have been made, but it's not Willow. No, it's I, not. I know that. I know. It's not. Let me run through them alphabetically. Sure it's not Willow. It's not Nell either. It's not Nell or Willow. Let's start with A. <laughs> All that jazz. And it had, Anaconda. It had, and it had little munchkins in it too. Did it? Yes. Okay. I remember, remember Legend. Remember that Legend? Yeah. If you haven't seen, seriously, I have not seen it. You should see it. But it was. It was or wasn't a horror film. It is. It is a horror film. Yes, but it's fantasy. Okay. But it's a horror film, but there is an element of religion to okay. it. Okay, I see good what you versus mean. evil. We there all tied a, it back in there There is somewhere. a dev, the, literally a devil character that's in it, and and he has to rescue. A and dwarf there's devil? A, there's uh-huh. a unicorn. Full-size devil. There's a unicorn. That's where I said it's it's some fantasy. It's in the in a magical forest, and then it's also, it's got good versus evil, and it's got the munchkins, and one of them literally was one of the munchkins. That's why I call him that. Really? It was the, the the last living Munchkin. Oh, from the Wizard of Oz. From the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. yeah, he was in that as well. Okay. Who, by so the way, were bunch- you all make fun of me? <laughs> by the way, those. <laughs> so let me get there. Those Munchkins were all a bunch of drunks. I don't know they, if you've heard this. I've have heard you heard stories. those stories? I've heard stories. Oh my yeah. God! I mean, they knew how to party. Yeah. They well, yeah. knew how to freaking party. Yeah, you know, yeah, when they, they got drunk, they were ten feet tall. That's all there is to it. And on that note, we're going to call it a day. <laughs> yes, we're going to call. So, I, well, keep us. Let I us keep us in the loop. I will. Loop. It's it's we're. We're literally some things are happening, and like I said, I I want to be able to talk more about it, but you know, contractually, you just can't. I know that's okay, and but so, you can at least just uh, kind of plant a seed. And now it's on everybody's radar a little bit, and and we'll have more. We'll have you back definitely. Well, yes. next time you come, bring Randy. We need to have Black Guy on the podcast. I know. I haven't had a Black Guy. I know we haven't had a Black Guy on. And come on, Randy. I you know I didn't I did invite <laughs> I him, but you know he hates white people. So right. I, so we've that's, noticed that. We have, yeah, we, we have noticed that. So that's, Randy, that's all about him. Yeah. <laughs> so rude all the time. <laughs> Now, nah, Randy's such a great guy. His film, The Job, his, speaking of faith-based films, yeah. is doing very well. It looks like he's got a, some stuff going with the and – and, again, it's stuff I can't talk about, but yeah. it's that's going to be – it's a lot of things happening for him that are good. good. And So, yeah, he, he says he gives you his love. He's such a good guy. That's good. I'm yeah, glad to see – I'm glad that he got to come back to Omaha – with his family and everything else, and that things are still moving forward. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. He's such a great guy, and he is sorry that he stole your coffee pot when he was here, so he will bring that back. <laughs> Perfect. That's yeah. great. Bring it back, Randy. <laughs> bring, bring, that's actually the name of this podcast is Bring, bring, it, it, back, bring it Back, Randy. Randy. <laughs> there it is. Pat, you're the man. Thanks. Hey, thank you thank both. You. you got it. We appreciate it. Um, text us, 402-403-9478. Randy, if you're listening, text us. We want to have you back. It's Pat and JT on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks for listening. Media Production.